with 95X. Rise and shine, Sleeping Beauty. Do you know what today is? Have you got any idea? Today? Today is National All or Nothing Day. All or Nothing. But it's All or Nothing. All or Nothing. Oh, uh, well, let's think about that. Think positive, think positive. Right. Well, let's get this show on the road then, shall we? You're listening to the 95X Morning Show. Oh, man, I tell you what, I love it. It's National All or Nothing Day. What would you, what would you, what would happen if you walked into work and you said, hey, today's national all or nothing day and today I got nothing. What would happen? Would your boss look at you like he thought it was funny or she thought it was funny or would they tell you to go home until you feel like you're going to give all? I don't know. I don't know what, what, what it would be like. But anyways, we welcome on everybody in. It is the 26th of the 7th of the 22, and it is Tuesday. Today we are at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. Thomas back at the Radio Ranch holding down the fort as he always does. I I don't know what the sandwich is that he brought this morning, but I know that that's probably going to help him get through the day. So uh, he'll have to update us on that later on. Three minutes after 6 o'clock, we're back with more from Marshfield Medical Center coming up next on 95X. Welcome back, everybody. Today we are at Marshfield Medical Center. Thomas, can you update everybody on what kind of sandwich you brought with you to work today, please? I would love to, Rick. It was a uh, wheat sandwich with two fried eggs and a slice of Havarti cheese. See, and, and okay, so you know me. I'm not an egg salad or a fried egg eater. I like scrambled at, at the most, and yeah. I like omelets. That's it. That's it. So... What's it like to have an egg sandwich and then, like, you make it, but then by the time you get to work, there's no way it's hot anymore. Uh, it was still warm, yeah. And the best part was that I, I didn't overcook the yolks. And so right before I ate it, I gently push the bread together and the yolk pops. And then, boom, I got my own oh. little condiment in the bottom of my container. Look at that. Look at that. He's always thinking, folks. He's always thinking. As mentioned, today we are at Marshfield Medical Center. Dr. Corey Springstrow is joining us right now. Optometrist, of course, um, with Vita Park Eye Associates. That's part of Marshfield Medical Center now. Hi, Corey. How are you? I'm doing great. Yourself? It's uh, it's great to have you on the program. The last time that all the other docs were here, you were absent. I was. And I noticed right away, I'm like, where's Dr. Corey at? He's not here today. But you were probably off doing something very, very important on that day. Yeah, yep. We uh, we tend to spend a lot of time as a family, and I'm sure that was one of the many family excursions that we went on. So, well, we're talking. Yeah. You and I were talking obviously before we got on the air today. Um, you have been in the Beaver Dam area now for what twelve years? Yeah, twelve years ago. I couldn't believe it when I was thinking about coming on the show this morning, and it. it- we joined the practice in July of 2010, which just seems forever ago. Yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and but it's one of those things where you blinked, yep. and it's 12 years later. Yeah, absolutely, and I couldn't have pictured a better community and area to be practicing for the past you, decade you, plus. Right, but you are a Wisconsin boy. I am a Wisconsin boy, yes. Yep. Tell everybody where you grew up. I grew up over in Random Lake in Sheboygan County, and then... Um, after graduating from the town of 1,500 people, I moved to uh, Madison. I went to UW-Madison. Oh, wow. And then there I met my wife. Um, we got married, and I dragged her to Chicago for four years. And 
finished optometry school down in Chicago and was very happy to meet Dr. Castillo and find a job here very close to family and um, very excited to be back in the state of Wisconsin. And it's just been been an awesome fit for our family. Well, you and I were talking about the fact that, you know, when, it, when you come into a situation like this here in Beaver Dam, um, the first thing you think about is like, for you, it's a bigger town, right? Yep. But I grew up in the suburbs of Milwaukee. So for me, this is one of those small rural towns in Wisconsin that I've lived in my entire radio career. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of things that jump out at you. First of all, you're close to everything. Absolutely. I love being so close to all these other bigger bigger communities without living in them. Yes. Uh, That is a blessing. The other thing that you notice right away of how special the people are from this area. Absolutely. Um, Well, it was extra noticeable moving from a large city like Chicago where I... I literally had no idea who my neighbors were. I was in an apartment, there was 19 floors, and I couldn't tell you the name of a single person that lived in the building except for my wife. Wow. And now here, I know almost every person (laughs) on my street. Um, They all see me, they say, hey, Dr. Corey, how are you you doing? And and it's great. Um, I told somebody when I first moved to town, I was really excited for that aspect of, of being in a practice where... Everybody's going to know if I'm the guy at Piggly Wiggly that doesn't push my cart back. Right. Everybody's going to know <laughs> your 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 reputation is going to precede you. So if you deliver a level of care, the community is going to know and and they're going to keep coming back and it's going to be a really exciting thing. So that's what I found over the past past 10 or 10 to 12 years here that you know, you, you solve a couple of tricky cases where people have been struggling with something and they say, hey, my aunt told me, I, I got to come to this practice. I got to see you guys because you, you solved that problem. You, you did that. And, and if, I, if, if I was with doctors that maybe, maybe weren't so great at our jobs, it wouldn't be, it, it would be like that Piggly Wiggly cart thing. It, right. It, it, so I'm, I'm really excited uh, to have been here and to be continuing to stay in the area with Marshfield. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, get your take on, on um, Vita Park joining up with Marshfield Medical Center. I, every time I come here, I, I sound like a broken record because I talk about my experience with Marshfield Medical Center in Marshfield when I lived up there yeah. and how absolutely amazing of a clinic they have up there in St. Joe's Hospital and you know, that's where my daughter, my youngest daughter was born. And that's where, you know, we spent six years and where we went to the doctor. And, you know, when we had a problem, we went to the hospital or whatever. And just how amazing it was way up in Marshfield. Mm-hmm. But to have that filter down here now and to have all the people of this part of the state start to understand how special Marshfield is, it must have been the same for you guys in the optometry world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our practice, we had, um, we were a practice where we collaborate with two optometrists and two ophthalmologists, and we all um, work together. And now with joining Marshfield, um, all four of us get to better collaborate with all the other specialties. We get to have, hey, hey now we've got this case and we can follow through with following up with a primary care doctor, following up with whatever orthopedics or whomever we have to get that individual sent to. And um, if I talk, talk about my son. So my son, he is five. He is still asleep. He is, he's only five years old. Um, but he broke his arm on the 4th of July. Aww. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really, really sad. We were going to enjoy the parade in Columbus and broke his arm. And I knew immediately it was broken. And we got him here. Um, and it's a holiday. No, nobody wants to be working on a holiday. But we got, he got really great care. They helped set his, um, set his arm really nicely. 
And as we were leaving, he was still a little, little hopped up on the medic painkillers that they had given right. him. But he, but he said, Mom, the nurses were just so nice, and the doctors were just so nice to me there. And, and that's, that's how I felt. I was really... It, it was a holiday, and we had staff here who were still chipper, and they still made made it really special for my my five year old. So, to get to see it not only from my viewpoint as a physician, but to see it from a patient viewpoint, right, and and through the eyes of a little kid that they man- managed to make an incidence of snapping your arm in half, which super painful exactly should be a terrible day he's talking about the positives of the day oh that's fantastic that shows that uh, you've raised a pretty good kid too uh looking look into the positives we're gonna now you're up in wapan most of the time yes i I am in uh beaver dam for half a day a week to a day a week depending upon the week and then um, up in wapan for the remainder let me make sure i get the number right 920-324-3191 that is correct all right and you can make your appointment with dr Corey and the staff uh, with Vita Park I Associates slash Marshfield Medical Center by calling that number 920-324-3191. We're coming back with more from Marshfield Medical Center next on 95X. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, tune in and more. Wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to listen and subscribe to the 95X Morning Show. News time is 624 as we head over to the Daily Dodge News Studio and get a check of news with the News Ninja. Dodge County Sheriff Dale Schmidt says his opponent in the August Republican primary lied on employment documents. Mark Holker resigned from the Wapam Police Department in 2002, but Schmidt says he was fired because of a use of force incident and then lied about it on subsequent job applications. The information was turned over to the Winnebago County District Attorney, and Kolker was demoted last month to a booking agent. Kolker, in turn, accuses Schmidt of lying and says the incumbent has engaged in less-than-ethical tactics since Kolker announced his bid for sheriff. Fixing roads would be one part of that proposed referendum that will address if approved by Town of Beaverdam voters on August 9th. The township is seeking to exceed revenue limits in perpetuity to fund increased fire and EMS costs and road maintenance. Board Chairman Joseph Kern says roads need to be addressed. He says one of the biggest reasons why their asphalt roads have issues is due to garbage trucks and delivery vehicles stopping in front of driveways. Kern notes that it could be a reason why property owners see potholes developing in front of their homes. A community meeting to discuss the referendum is planned for tonight at 7 p.m. at Town Hall. And a Dodge County judge has issued a warrant for a Fox Lake man who was not in court yesterday for his initial appearance on molestation charges. Perry Nelson allegedly assaulted three separate victims multiple times between 1992 and 1995, 2015 to 2017, and 2020 to 2021. The victims age range between 8 and 15 years old. If convicted, the 56-year-old faces a maximum of over 314 years behind bars. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. It is 626. We are live today from Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam. Dr. Corey Springstro is joining us right now from Marshfield Medical Eye Center at Wapan. I understand that you live in the Wapan area, too. I do live over in Wapan, yes. Yeah, you guys got a ton of rain on Saturday night. We did get a ton of rain on Saturday night. My sump pump worked and uh, kept kept my basement dry. I know it kept 
I didn't hear of anybody that had water in their basement. Right. I'm uh, sure there was somebody. We uh, we had a wedding that we attended on Saturday night, and uh, it was up at the country club there, and some people were not able to leave the wedding because the road was flooded over. Yeah. And it lasted, luckily, the, the flooding lasted for only a real short amount of time. Um, and by the time we left, you know, everything was clean. But, man, you could see the amount of water that was left over on Saturday. Jeez. Yeah, it always it, it tests those storm sewers to see what they can handle when you get that much rain that, that quickly. Exactly. Sherry is here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm going to have to ask you guys. Uh, this story came up, and I know Thomas back at the radio station probably could, could talk about this as well. Um, the Klondike Chaco Taco. Do you guys have any idea what that is? Mm-hmm. Yep, sure do. Okay, so I've never had one. They're I've, good. I've never had one, so I don't even know what they are. I'm, I'm assuming it looks like a taco. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Thomas is saying the, delicious. Yeah, yeah, and the the taco shell is made out of like waffle cone type of. Okay, yeah, yeah it it's does really sound good. great. Well, rumors have been swirling that uh, they are going to be discontinuing the Klondike Choco Taco after a 38 year run, and now they have confirmed it that it is going to be no longer. In a statement, Klondike said, quote, we're always updating our product portfolio to create new exciting innovations that reflect consumer preferences and trends. Um, It is a necessary but unfortunate part of the process is that we sometimes discontinue products in order to ensure we can offer the best variety nationwide. This is not exactly a huge shock because earlier in the year, apparently they they took the four packs away that they were mm-hmm. making, and they were only making single serves. And people are like, what's going on? They're like, oh, it's just, you know, we're just doing this, you know, for, for right now. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've come out and said, yeah, they have decided to discontinue them. Where would you guys put them on a list of ice cream <laughs> treats? Would you put them, like, in a top five, a top ten? Uh, Thomas, I'll start with you back at the radio station. Would you say Choco Tacos make the top ten list of ice cream treats? Uh, uh, yeah, I would say like top seven. Top seven? Okay. All right. Sherry? Yeah, I mean, they're up there. I haven't had them in a really long time. There's so many different choices now, though, than there used to be. Exactly. So it's kind of like, eh. Um, they're really good, though. But I don't recall seeing them available in a lot of places, either. So, in other words, you got to find probably like a big supermarket kind of a place so. to get or, or a gas station. Right. Or a, a gas, gas, gas station with that yes. little freezer right in the front. That would have been You're probably the last right. time I had one. It was probably a decade ago. Okay. Um, I think they're probably just doing like Taco Bell. Taco Bell, they run tacos for three months and they disappear. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is uh, they disappear for a little bit and come back like, like Jolly Good Soda did or like Nacho Fries do mm-hmm. at, uh, at or Taco like- Bell. And or, then have a surge. And then have a surge of yeah. everybody buy it, yeah, or like yeah. the McRib. Or, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Dr. Corey, I think you may have hit the, the hammer on the nail because there are a lot of people that are saying exactly that this is just a, a advertising thing that they're mm-hmm. doing to kind of get people like riled up what they did with Coke mm-hmm. back in the 80s with the whole changing the recipe. I mean, they are the originators of that farce. That turned out to be one of the greatest marketing campaigns ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I say, I've never had one. Now what you guys describe, now I want one. Yeah, they were really good. I remember having my first one. They used to have, I mean, this is a long time ago. I'm dating myself. It was when I was in high school. So like in the late 80s, early 90s, Burger King had them. 
Really? Yeah, and I remember that's where I had my first one. So I guess they are really good because it's memorable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, as mentioned, we are at Marshfield Medical Center, and Dr. Corey Springstrow is joining us, of course, from Marshfield Medical's uh, Wapan Eye Clinic. So are you guys looking for new patients up in the Wapan area? Well, we are accepting new patients at both offices, and we are happy to take care of your back-to-school needs. This is always a big back-to-school time. Um, the state of Wisconsin sends out letters for kindergartners to get their exams, but they don't send it out for everybody else. So as parents or grandparents, just um, remind remind yourselves when you're doing all that back-to-school back to shopping now to give us a call earlier so that way you're not squeezing in the last possible days of summer. There's plenty going on here these last few days. Soccer's starting up, football's starting up, all the different fall sports start. And uh, get your kids in for their eye exams so that way that that checklist is done, and, and that way they can see clear for the, the upcoming school year. You know, you bring up sports, and I think just about any sport you can think of outside of maybe cross-country, mm-hmm. there could be eye injuries. And there, you've probably seen your handful of those, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, basketball is the number one eye injury sport. Um, the statistic that I read was it's between 70 and 80% of all Division One basketball players will have an eye injury at some point oh. in their collegiate career. I mean, that's it's three-quarters of all um, student-athletes are injuring <laughs> their eyes um, just playing basketball. And, um, yeah, we've seen, we've seen it all, you know, and in basketball specifically, you're going to get a finger to the eye. Um, but even baseball, this year I've pulled rubber pellets out of people's eyes. Um, oh, sure. Because um, in Waupon, we've got these gorgeous fields. They're made on AstroTurf mm-hmm. um, for the Little League fields. But when you have that AstroTurf, there are these little black um, black rubber pellets in the field in order to make it so that way your cleats don't stick, so that way you can still slide. But every year somebody's getting one of those stuck in the eye and um, or under the eyelid. And yeah, easy for us to get out, very difficult for a parent to get out at home. Right, and very uncomfortable for a little one. I've had that before, and it's not a comfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing when, when we're talking to eye injuries, you talked about baseball. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anybody like with a broken orb? Yeah, uh, broken orbit. Yes, we usually it's, it's men um, because if you look at, my daughter plays softball, and all the girls wear infield masks. I'm so proud of all the teams that, that do that, and they've got this big, it's like a face mask for anybody listening um, who's never seen it. They still wear a ball cap, but it's, they're wearing a face mask with their ball cap, so that way if they make a mistake with their glove or the ball comes in too fast, it's going to bounce off that, and they're not going to end up with a broken uh, bone around their eye or broken nose. But the last, I would say, four or five that I've seen are adult males in their 30s to 40s that think that they can still play softball and baseball like they did when they were younger and they're in the outfield and they go up for that pop fly and their glove is just down a little bit and it goes straight to their eye socket breaking the bone there uh, many of which do require surgery and um, are really really traumatic and then then require a lot of follow-up and where i will specifically see them a lot is if it struck them in a certain way they'll end up getting double vision permanently from it So then we'll have to put some special things in their glasses called prism and help straighten out their eyes so that way they can see single after an injury. So, yeah, even adults, make sure you're being safe out, of the, out playing softball. Well, and we, should, and we should put this reminder out there because I, um, I think Dr. Tom saw me when I got the uh, stuff in my eye. I was out with my weed whacker many years ago and was edging and kicked up some stuff that went in my eye. Yeah. And as soon as it went in, I'm like, this is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, within the hour, um, I had the oozing out of my eye. So 
I immediately made an appointment the next morning and mm-hmm. saw Dr. Tom. Um, yep. Went through, made sure everything was cleaned up, but then got me the drops that I needed because I that's the I think I've had an eye ulcer three times, yeah. and it's not fun. And this is kind of a little bit of a I guess a public service announcement. For you, for you people out there working in the yard, mm-hmm. probably is a good idea to have some kind of eye protection on. Safety glasses are great. They're uh, I think they're on sale at Menards for a dollar fifty eight right now. It's um, a lot cheaper than coming in the office. Um, but even if you're not going to wear safety glasses, wearing a pair of wraparound sunglasses are great. Um, because they're going to still be polycarbonate for the most part, and they're going to protect you while you're weed whacking, while you're mowing the lawn. Um, you don't plan on an accident happening, but they happen so quick. I, I can't tell you how many times I have been edging or weed whacking, and I've helped, heard something ping off my glasses sure. that I'm wearing. And then every time that happens, I go, yeah, that, that would have been bad. <laughs> and, uh, and anybody who's out in the yard, it, it, it is so very fast. And even if you're going to just edge a small spot or grind a small little thing in the garage, just put on those safety glasses and, yeah, protect yeah. yourself. My kids thought, you know, my kids will always check the, my Amazon list for, like, a birthday present or Christmas present. And, mm-hmm. and last year on the either my birthday or Christmas list, they must have thought, what the heck does Dad want safety glasses for? That's exactly why I wanted a decent pair of safety glasses. Yeah. So when I was doing something, whether it was woodworking or outside doing some big yard work, I've at least got the ability to put those puppies on. Uh, 920-324-3191 is your telephone number, correct? Absolutely. That's how you get a hold of us and whip on. All right, beautiful. We're going to come back with more from Marshfield Medical Center. In fact, our trifecta is coming up after the weather forecast here on 95X. If it's interesting, interesting, entertaining, entertaining, or extra wacky, you're having a psychotic episode. That automatically puts me in charge. You'll hear it right here. It's the morning trifecta from 95X. All right, let's get to it. It's time for your trifecta. These are some of the stories that are making the rounds today. Sherry, I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, by the way, our trifecta brought to you by JNL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 Bypass, Watertown, also in Johnson Creek. During his final days of serving as a senior advisor to Donald Trump, Jared Kushner was diagnosed with cancer. Did you know about this? No, I don't uh, remember the, hearing that. This is the first time I'm hearing about it as well. He, he has just written a new book called Breaking History, a White House memoir. And in the book, he said, quote, On the morning that I traveled to Texas to attend the opening of the Louis Vuitton factory, White House physician Sean Connolly pulled me into the medical cabin on Air Force One, and he said, your test results just came back from Walter Reed. It looks like you have cancer. Now we need to schedule the surgery right away. Rather than sharing the news, Kushner said he wanted to keep his diagnosis private. In fact, he initially told the doctor, please do not tell anyone, especially my wife or my father-in-law. Though he did eventually tell his wife, Ivanka, he said this was a personal problem and not for public consumption. I didn't tell anyone at the White House, including the president. Eventually, the president found out, though, because Kushner had a substantial part of his thyroid removed. Oh. So there obviously was some scar there or whatever, but Uh uh, this is the first I'm hearing of this. Huh. That's, well, that's crazy to keep that kind of a secret. Well, thankfully, doctors are pretty good at keeping secrets. Um, <laughs> yeah, patient confidentiality. I, I would. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty crazy that nobody in the White House would have leaked something like that or yeah. from their inner circles. Mm-hmm. Ah, that that world famous doctor Hippopotamus oath, right? <laughs> yep. That, that everybody takes. Listen to this. 
for talk about a weird story for a doctor to have come in. Um, a 73-year-old Maryland woman was on a fishing boat in Florida along with some uh, friends, and one of the guys hooked a 100-pound sailfish. Now, you know what a sailfish is, right? Mm-hmm. Got the long, pointy snout. Mm-hmm. Well, they were trying to reel this thing in for quite a while, and you can imagine the fight that these go. Well, right towards the end, the thing was like a couple hundred feet off of the boat, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, just charged right at the boat, flew out of the boat, and the sail, the, the pointy nose, lodged in the woman's groin. Yeah, I oh. saw that. An, an elderly woman. I think she was like 73, 73 years old yeah. or something like that. Um, uh, as they attempted to reel in the fish after the thing jumped in, they quickly put pressure. I don't know if did they pull did they pull the fish away? I have no idea. That could idea. be a more dangerous thing than anything. Yeah. Uh, but bottom line is um, they think that we don't know anything more, but we think the woman is going to be okay. Oh, good. They've not released anything else from the hospital. But what a scary situation! You see stories like that about those fish in particular coming onto the boat. Yeah. See, we don't have that issue uh, like on Little Green with perch and crappies. <laughs> yeah. I wish they'd jump in the boat. Yeah. yeah I would, right. Exactly. Exactly. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Anyways, let's move on. Um, this is one story that I don't think any of us want to experience. Residents in an Iowa city had some very interesting maintenance issues happen. It seemed they had been working on the sewers lately, and I don't know what they had to do with the pressure, but all kinds of people ended up with their sewers backing up mm. into their toilets. Gross. And pretty soon their toilets were overflowing. Gross, gross, mm. gross. Uh, the experts are now saying the one thing you can do to help the situation to, not, to be less messy is keep your lid down on your toilet. One lady that had the overflowing said she was really happy she had the lid down mm-hmm. because there it would have been everywhere. Had That's she disgusting. Not. Yeah, that is disgusting. But I thought you should know. Thanks. There it is. That is a little. <laughs> that is a, just a little bit of what's going on today. That is your morning trifecta again, brought to you by JNL Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown, and also in Johnson Creek. I think we have time for a kick in a classic real quick, don't we? Okay, sure. Let's let's take care of some business with a kick in a classic. Um, 1986. Were you born yet? I was born in 84. So, yep. You were whopping whopping two two years years old. old. Now, you were born. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was 13 in 86. 13. Yep. Do you remember the group Swing Out Sister? Uh, that name sounds familiar. Dan raised his hand. He remembers. So Andy Connell was one of the members of Swing Out Sister. And in 1986, they released this song. All right? 1986, the only big song that they had. And wouldn't it make sense that it was a little thing called Breakout? All right. Hey, folks, it is 6.50. We are live at Marshfield Medical Center today. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Corey here in a second. But first, let's find out if this uh, nice-looking weather forecast uh, that we woke up to this morning, a nice day, is going to continue. Jennifer joining us to talk south-central Wisconsin weather. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning to you. All right. So let's talk about it because we had some pretty rough weather on Saturday uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, things started to clear out a little bit Sunday. And boy, I'll tell you what, yesterday was a beautiful day. This morning is, well, we got a little more cloudiness coming in today. Overall, th- does the week look pretty decent from here on out? 
It does, yeah. I mean, overall, not too bad of a forecast here. Today, we're looking at partial sunshine developing. Like you said, a little bit more cloud cover coming in. Highs getting up right around about 80 degrees. We should be in the low 80s, so pretty average overall. Tonight, we do have just a slight chance for showers and storms coming in in the late overnight hours. Mostly cloudy overnight lows around about 65. Fear Wednesday, a slight chance for showers and storms early on. Then skies will become mostly sunny tomorrow. Another high around about 80 degrees. 76 here Thursday with some sunshine. Friday, mostly sunny high of 76. Then on Saturday, we'll see plenty of blue skies and sun high around about 80. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for a look at that weather forecast. And next time we get together, we'll whip out five random facts for you. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, there's Jennifer with a look at the weather forecast. It is 6.52, as mentioned. We are at Marshfield Medical Center. Dr. Corey Springstrow joining us, optometrist with uh, Marshfield Medical Center uh, Eye Clinic at Waupon. And um, so you, you mentioned earlier that there are two optometrists there. That would be you and Dr. Hendricks. And then you got the two ophthalmologists. A lot of people probably are trying to figure out what the difference is between those two. Yeah, there there are um, there are some subtle differences. Um, the big the biggest difference is um, the ophthalmologists can perform surgery in the state of Wisconsin. So Dr. Wilkins uh, actually just walked by us about 20 minutes ago. I waved to him. He was at, headed off to surgery. He's going to do a bunch of cataract surgeries for the day. Um, but all four of us, we can treat um, medical conditions of the eye. And being in a, a medical practice like what we are. Anything from lumps and bumps to infections or something as simple as a pair of glasses, we're all very, very well capable of doing. Yeah. You know, back when I, had my, uh, when I had my cataract surgery with Dr. Wilkins, mm-hmm. um, I was never a candidate for the laser surgery. Yes. Uh, because of the shape of my eye, and they're like, we just can't do it. And so I thought I was going to be stuck with poor vision my entire life. Then I have the toric lenses put in, and my life completely changes you've got it you guys have got to hear those kind of stories all the time it is it's it's a really constant uh constant thing that we hear and it's so rewarding to get to go into work and change people's lives um myself i've got really bad eyes um as well i was been going to the eye doctor since i was a little kid i'd have to go every nine months to get stronger glasses and Back then, I had thick, I had thick lenses, and I had uh, double bar glasses. If you can imagine those, um, I wanted to look just like my grandpa. I guess I don't know. Um, so I looked like an old man as a little kid, and um, I was really excited to get into this field to be able to help other people who are going through the same type of experience that I went through as a kid, and to try to make it as positive as possible. But thankfully, with advances in the field. Not many people have to go through what I went through. Now we've got lenses that even if you've got a really high prescription, with doing some tweaks to the lens material, we can make it so that way they don't weigh 10 pounds on your face. And with cool, trendy lenses and contact lenses, um, we can take care of people. And in fact, from my own personal story, how I got so nearsighted at a young age, something I've been really passionate about doing is if a child is undergoing that same type of a transition, we can actually slow down how fast they become nearsighted. Really? Yeah, by putting them either in a very specialized contact lens at a young age, like nine, 10 years old, or using some very special drops, you can slow down the progression of nearsightedness by 50%. So Seriously? Seriously. So if I had gotten those same drops as a kid or the same contact lenses, instead of being a minus seven, I would be a minus 350 or a minus 3, just on average, which 
my life would be totally different if I could wake up and see something versus waking up and see nothing. And and you said you couldn't have LASIK. I can't have LASIK surgery either because my prescription's so high. But if I was a minus three, I for sure would be able to. So it's been something really rewarding seeing that over the past. I've, I've been doing that for five, six years now um, with kids. And even two of my oldest, uh, my oldest two, they're, they were following dad's footsteps, getting really nearsighted fast, and, and we got them in those special contact lenses, and it has been a game changer. They both slowed wow. down to the point where they're not going to be like dad. They're going to be more like mom, which is oh. always a good thing in our house. Uh, <laughs> that is absolute. I've never heard of this. So, so this is, uh, I, okay, so let's go back to the contact lens situation. Yes. So kids got to be at a right age and to be able to handle putting in contact lenses, right? Yes. So from a maturity standpoint, you really need the right kid to do it at a young age, to fit a kid in contacts at 9 or 10 years old. Because normally in our practice, we don't do it until 13 or 14. Okay. So, but when there's a medical reason and mom and dad realize there's a medical reason and, and we talk through it, we can, I, I don't mind spending the time and working with somebody if it's going to better their life, you know. Unbelievable. For the rest of their life. Okay, so this uh, goes right hand in hand with what we preach all the time. You should be going to see your eye doctor probably twice a, twice a year, for sure once a year, because when you catch a kid early on, you can change their life. Absolutely. I can't tell you. One of the, the hardest things for me is a, a parent sometimes will, will diagnose a kid as needing glasses, and the, the parent will see how poorly their child is seeing on the ch- on the eye chart. And the mom will usually be almost in tears um, saying, I, I, I'm not a bad mom. I care about my kid. I love my kid. How did this happen? And children, when they need glasses, they, they don't realize that there's a problem. They think everybody can't see that sign that's 10 feet away. Everybody is kind of blurry. Every That's just how everyone must be. Um, so that's why they don't pass it on to the parent, and it's so important to just get it screened and get it checked and get that thorough eye exam to determine if there is a problem. Folks, Dr. Corey has openings. If uh, you live in the Wapan area, you want to visit with this uh, great doctor, call 920-324-3191. That's 920-324-3191 uh, for Dr. Springstrow and, of course, the entire staff with the Marshfield Medical Center Eye Clinic in Beaver Dam and in Wapan. Dr. Corey, it was a pleasure to have you on the program today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, we're going to uh, hear from Wade Bates now. Check out sports real quick. Beaver Dam Post 146, White Construction 19 New American Legion baseball team saw a late rally come up just short, falling to Baraboo 6-5 in the American Legion AA Regional Final at the BDHS Diamond last night. Post 146 fell behind 5-0 after an inning and a half, but scored 500 runs in the bottom of the fourth with the help of four Baraboo errors. But Baraboo played it a run in the top of the sixth, and that held up as Beaver Dam stranded runners at the corners in the sixth and the bases loaded in the bottom of the seven. Just got the bats going late, but it was a good valiant effort, like you said, at the end. You know, we just started too too late. They're all a good group of kids. They know what they're doing. They know their baseball. It was a good time coaching them this year. That's post 146 skipper Skyler Eberly. Baraboo advances to the AA State Tournament next weekend in Fort Atkinson. Beaver Dam season ends at 15-7. and Wapon post 210 has qualified for the single-A State Tournament for the ninth time in the last 10 years. They'll face St. Mary Springs Friday night in Viroqua. The Watertown 16U American Legion baseball team won the state tournament on Monday in Lomira with a 7-4 win over lacrosse. The Storm rolled through the state with a perfect 5-0 record. 
Three Rockies pitchers combined to throw a five-hitter as Colorado blanked the Brewers 2-0 Monday at American Family Field. Alan Ashby struck out nine in seven innings to take the hard luck loss. Milwaukee opens up a quick two-game set with Minnesota tonight in American Family Field. The broadcast time set for 635 on 1430 WBEV. The National League Central, the Cubs were 3-2 winners over the Pirates, while the Reds beat Miami 11-2. Football time in Green Bay as veterans are in camp and ready to get to work. The full squad practices for the first time on Wednesday. Green Bay's preseason opener is Friday, August 12th against San Francisco. ESPN's Rob Domoski reports that GM Brian Gutekunst, head coach Matt LaFleur, and money man Russ Ball all have gotten contract extensions. The annual Packers shareholder meeting was held on Monday at Lambeau. Mark Murphy told the crowd that last year's stock sale means the team now has 539,000 shareholders. He also said that uh, Green Bay is in a good position to hoist another Lombardi trophy. To accomplish what we accomplished is very hard in the NFL. And I know obviously we're disappointed that we haven't had any Super Bowl championships to go with that. But I think we put ourselves in a position every year. I, I think Brian particularly is always looking for improvement. And what can we do to make the roster better? You know, I feel really good about our team this year. I think defensively we could be you know, as good as we've been probably since 2010. Murphy also said he thinks that Green Bay will host the NFL draft neither 2025 or 2027. The Bucks have another attempt to Kupo on their roster now. Giannis' younger brother Alex is now in the NBA G League's Wisconsin Herd. That is your daily Dodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates. It is 12 minutes now after 7 o'clock. We are live at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam, and uh, we are glad to be here. Uh, Amy Zangle joining us right now, physician's assistant. And um, Amy, if I recall correctly, let me see if I remember. You're going to update everybody. So you work up in Waupon, but you're fra- you live like in Rosendale or some <laughs> other place, right? Close. Uh, live outside of Brownsville. Outside of Brownsville? Yes. I knew, it was, I knew yep. it was that neck of the woods. It's, how, it's always hard to say exactly where. It's It's not Lamira. It's not Brownsville. It's not Waupon. It's in, you know... Brownsville address. So you get to take you get to take a Highway 49 into work every day, yes. don't you? Yes. Yep. I get to cross the marsh twice a day. It's beautiful. I love to. That's a great commute. I was going to say that's a great way to unwind after a day, right? Yes. I love it. I love to look, um, you know, for the baby geese and the different animals, the swans. It's it's very nice. Give us a little bit of your background again. Where where did you go to school? I went to school at UW Madison. Um, my undergrad was in uh, clinical laboratory science, which basically is um, teaching and training how to run lab tests in the hospital. And I did that for 13 years, um, went back to school, did their master's program for physician assistant studies um, at Madison again, and graduated in uh, 2016. I've been practicing um, since then. Oh, that's fantastic. So where where exactly are you located then up in Waupon? So we are on Gateway Drive in Waupon. Um, just uh, take a first right. If you're coming into Waupon from my side, take the first right by the stop and go lights um, on that uh, east side of town, I guess it is, uh, right by the eye clinic. That's the... Be careful. There are two buildings. They both say Marshfield Clinic. They're one door down or two doors down. So we do have patients that show up at the wrong place, but it's a very quick solution. Right, exactly. At least they don't have to go across town. No. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what, what, you, uh, what you see what, and what kind of patients that you have. 
So I do a family practice, so I take care of people anywhere from, uh, you know, newborns all the way to very old. I think right now my youngest patient is just around one, and my oldest is almost 100 years old. Wow. I see them for acute concerns, chronic concerns, prevention. Uh, we do PAPs in the office. Uh, obviously can schedule colonoscopies, mammograms. We can do most vaccinations in the clinic. We don't have COVID vaccine present at that location, but we can get that scheduled elsewhere and uh, just see a wide variety of anything and everything. Yeah, family practice is one of those things that kind of is a, it's a, it casts a big net. Yes. You know, but I got to believe because of that, the variety keeps it very interesting. That's the reason why I really enjoy doing it, I think, is I like to see something different all the time. I had, when I first uh, got out of school, I did a few different specialty rotations, uh, helping fill in for providers, and it, it just was kind of boring doing the same seeing the same type of patient. I mean, the patients are different, but seeing the same types of issues all day long um, was, you know, I like the challenge and the variety of family practice. What, um, from an education standpoint, once you graduate, I, I'm interested to know because I know like in my other job, we've got to take continuing education oh, yeah. to stay on top of stuff. Mm -hmm. So from a physician's assistant standpoint, what, what does your, ed your uh, continuing education look like? So we have to do 100 hours in two years. Oh, wow. Okay, I, I feel really, I feel that I really skate, man. I've got like five credits I got to get over two years. So that's yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a bit. So where, do you, is that stuff that you do, um, you have to go someplace or is it online or? You can, you know, um, you can go to conferences. You can um, do virtual com conferences. Obviously, since COVID, there's a lot more sure. of those. Um, you can do, you know, you can get uh, subscriptions for, like I get one that's about medications um, and updates in there. And you read the newsletter, take the questionnaire, and you get some credit towards continuing education. So... Your, a, a doctor's mind has got to be an open vault like all the time because I got to believe that so much of the stuff that you learn early on is like lays a foundation for kind of just general. But then with technology and everything that's yeah. changing and new clinical trials and everything else, all of a sudden everything just kind of stacks up on top of each yes, other. Yes, you definitely have to stay on top of it because, uh, you know, what we were telling patients 10 years ago is not the same. You know, new studies come out, things change. So you have to stay on top of the current recommendations to stay, yeah. Okay, so let me give the telephone number, make sure I got the right number, 920-345-1306. That's correct, yeah. All right, so they can call that number. What are, what are your uh, normal hours up in the Wolpon Clinic? So we, uh, we start seeing patients at 8 o'clock. Um, we're usually done by 5 most days, except for Friday. We close a little bit earlier at 4.30. Um, we're off on Wednesdays, but otherwise, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, we're open and ready for business. So somebody's not feeling well, um, you're most likely going to be the first place that they're going to stop. And then I'm, uh, from there, I'm guessing that you might be the crossing guard where, you know, <laughs> tell people that they might have to go here or there kind of a thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. So start at, start at um, family practice or your primary care provider. And if you need to see a specialist or have further testing, we definitely are kind of like the traffic control police of your health care. <laughs> All right, excellent. We're going to come back and talk more with Amy, but first let's uh, knock out a little bit of entertainment news this morning before news.
What's happening in Hollywood? I am going to Hollywood. Movie stardom is just so hollow. Welcome to Hollywood. What's your dream? This is entertainment news from the 95X Morning Show. All right, our entertainment news this morning brought to you by J&L Tire and Service Center, the Highway 16 bypass in Watertown and also in Johnson Creek. What do you got for us today? Well, a couple of sad things to start everything off. Paul Sorvino, best known for his roles in Goodfellas and Law and Order, has died. He was 83 years old. He is also the father of Oscar-winning actress Mira Sorvino. She revealed that he died Monday of natural causes. Um, his other notable roles came in The Gambler, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oops, excuse me, I stumbled on that. Reds, Dick Tracy, and The Panic in Needle Park. Panic in Needle Park. I've no never idea. heard of that. Never heard of that either. British actor David Warner, best known for Titanic, Star Trek, and Tron, has died at 80. He passed away in London on Sunday, a year after he was diagnosed with cancer. Warner's acting career spanned 60 years and included memorable roles in such movies as Time Bandits and The Omen. He won an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a miniseries for 1981's Masada. His final role was in the 2018 film Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, I, I, had, to, I oh. had to know who he was. So I uh, right away went on and said, okay, what was his character on Titanic? And he played Lovejoy, who was the, the bodyguard for Billy Zane's character. He's the one that chased chased uh, Rose all over the ship trying to follow her around. So now you know who she is, or he is. Uh, he's, he's great Adele in the Adele is Omen. taking Las Vegas in just a few months. On Monday morning, she announced the rescheduled dates for her long-awaited Sin City residency at Caesars Palace Coliseum. Now set to begin in November and run through March. Words cannot explain how ecstatic I am to finally be able to announce these rescheduled shows, she wrote. I truly was heartbroken to have to cancel them, but after what feels like an eternity of figuring out logistics for the show that I really want to deliver and knowing it can happen, I'm more excited than ever. She said she's aware that canceling her previously announced shows was a horrible decision on her part for many fans, and she will always be sorry for that, but she promises you it was the right decision. Yeah, I don't think so, Adele. I think you're trying to save face right now, and I'm sorry, but it, it does not make up... I, in my mind, you're a diva. I liked you before all this, and I'm not a fan anymore. Mm. I've, I, my, my fandom has just dwindled. <laughs> By the way, Thomas mentioned the fact that David Warner was great in the movie The Omen. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I've never seen The Omen, Thomas, but it sounds like that's where you'll always remember his role from, right? Absolutely. That and Time Bandits. Yeah, and Time Bandits. I don't know what that is either. All right. Uh, what else you got for us, Sherry? Elton John and Britney Spears have reportedly recorded a duet version of Sir Elton's 1971 classic, Tiny Dancer. The oh. New York Post says the two recorded it last week with producer Andrew Watt, who's worked with Post Malone and Ozzy Osbourne in the past, and that it will be released in August. The Post quotes a source as saying this was Elton's idea and Britney is a huge fan. It will hmm. be the first single from Spears in six years. Oops, it's the yellow road. Oh, my god! No, sorry. Sorry, Stop sorry. Stop it. <laughs> that was really an awful attempt there. <laughs> Former wrestling superstar Triple H has been named the head of WWE Creative. This comes after Vince McMahon retired in disgrace following a sex scandal. 
Triple H, whose real name is Paul Levesque, is also WWE's Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, a role he took over last week. McMahon is being investigated for making millions of dollars in secret payments to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. The payments were made to four women who were formerly associated with WWE. Levesque is McMahon's son-in-law. Levesque's wife, Stephanie McMahon, has been named WWE's new chairwoman and is also one of WWE's new co-CEOs. Yeah, I think this is this this was the the handing of the torch basically to the younger generation, and hopefully the younger generation won't be as stupid as the older generation <laughs> was when doing stuff. And lastly, Luke Combs did a wonderful thing last Saturday. He flew a 17-year-old cancer patient named Addison Conley and her family to his show in Columbus, Ohio, and put them in a luxury suite with food and drinks. He also gave them a tour of the venue, spent some time swapping stories, and then topped it off during his encore when he brought Addie to the stage and introduced her to the crowd. Here's what he said. This is my friend Addie that I met today. She's going through some health things at the moment, and I came across her on social media. I had been tagged in a few things, and her biggest wish was to come out and see a show. So we flew her out to be with us tonight, and I want her, excuse me, I want to give her the experience of what it really feels like to be up here in front of 60,000 people. And then he sang her favorite song, Better Together. That's a class act right there. Mm -hmm. That is a class cool. act to do that. My goodness. That's all I've got. All right. That is a look at some entertainment news this morning. Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you, since I haven't seen you, mm -hmm. um, what was it like uh, at Lambeau Field with 78,000 soccer fans? <laughs> it was pretty cool. And, and thank goodness they got the game off because it was, I mean, we didn't get the weather up there that everyone had down here. Um, but, yeah, there were a couple lightning breaks because it was uh, it was going pretty good in the sky there for a little while. But, yeah, it was a super cool experience. Great, great en energy there. It was a lot of fun. Manchester United mm -hmm. um, has been a great soccer um, club for as long as I can remember. Going back to when I was in high school, I remember them being one of the biggest... Um, biggest soccer stories in the in the world mm -hmm. and they continue to be so yeah it, it's really i mean i've my son played soccer his entire youth and and through high school and so yeah i didn't really know a lot about soccer before then and um i grew to love it over the years it's it's really takes a lot of skill and what 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 was the german team they played um fc Bayern. okay that I don't remember. I just remember. They're out of Germany. There was a, this is going to show you how old I am. Um, back when I was in high school, there was a program on PBS called Soccer Made in Germany. Now, I, I am not making this up. That was the title <laughs> of the show. They took a soccer match every week, a big soccer match. And most of the time it was, it was German clubs. And they would um, cut it, edit, edit the whole thing down to fit into an hour. And then they had an announcer come in and announce the edited version of the soccer game. Hmm. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I was introduced to the world of soccer was that program. And I became a huge soccer fan. And then there was another uh, show that came out eventually, too, called Soccer USA. But it was all teams from Great Britain, like Liverpool versus Manchester mm -hmm. United. 
mm-hmm. you know, back in the old days. But yeah, it was. It's it's good to see that it's as popular. I mean, seventy eight thousand people for a soccer match for an exhibition match. Yeah, no that's less. impressive. That yeah. is impressive. Mm-hmm. So th- probably not something you're going to see at a, your local county fair. <laughs> it's probably no. going to be big venues only. <laughs> Anyways, we're live at Marshfield Medical Center. We'll check out news with the News Ninja next on 95X. News time, 7.31. And news this morning brought to us by Rolling Meadows Golf Course in Fondue Lack. Let's head over to the Daily Dodge News Studio. Here's the News Ninja. State Senate Minority Leader Janet Bruley of Ashland was involved in a three-vehicle crash Friday that killed a woman and her daughter. Health officials say they found two cases of monkeypox in the Fox Valley. Both are Appleton residents and were detected last week. Neither is believed to be related to one another. Public health officials in the Madison area are once again recommending people wear masks because of high levels of coronavirus activity. The agency's Janelle Heinrich says the Madison area advisory is a recommendation and not a mandate. Tomorrow is the deadline for area youth to register for an upcoming camp. UW Extension Dodge County is hosting its first Sparks Camp at Disher Park in Horicon, open to all kids between 5K and 3rd grade. The camp will feature a range of activities around multiple interests, such as cooking, art, gross motor, and self-defense. The camp will be held on August 2nd from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. More information is available at dailydodge.com. And the governor has ordered flags at half-staff today in honor of former Wisconsin State Senator Jeff Playley. Services are being held in Milwaukee for Playley, who passed away on July 3rd at the age of 54. Governor Tony Evers says Playley was a dedicated servant who cared deeply about his community and was often regarded for his effective bipartisanship. He was elected to the State Assembly in 1996 and served in the Senate from 2003 until 2011. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. It is 7.33. We are live from Marshfield Medical Center and visiting today with Amy Zangle, who is a physician's assistant. Uh, You grew up outside. You said you grew up outside of the brownsville Lemire area, right? Yes, that's right. And so now that's where you live. Yes. And what's it what's it like what's it like caring for people that may or may not know your families? You know, it's it's it can be interesting at times, but I definitely enjoy taking care of um the people that you know, people that I know or or people that um you know are in the same community that I grew up in. Um sometimes it's just a little different if they knew me as a kid, you know, that can be a little bit strange but definitely there's uh you know they quickly you know develop our professional relationships as well i guess so medicine medicine obviously just like anything changes a lot of times and a lot of times attitudes about things change one thing that we are starting to see more and more of is more of an emphasis that is put on the importance of having good solid mental health yes you know here at marshfield medical center they've they've put together that whole brand new department um which is really something that we absolutely positively needed where do you stand on on uh, mental health and, and what are some of the things that uh, that you're keeping your eyes open for well um, we definitely screen for depression at least annually on um, everybody 12 and up. And then if there's any concern for anxiety, we also um, screen for anxiety. Um, definitely 
do medications and refer to therapy and talk about some of you know the importance of of mental health um, with patients uh, daily I would say very very frequent um, having the behavioral health clinic now open here has been an amazing resource for us um, just uh, support for those higher level patients um, the counseling just being able to call up uh, Dr. Borkenhagen and ask for his advice on a medication on a patient has been really amazing, very great. Does, does, if somebody knows that they're experiencing something like maybe the onset of depression or anxiety, would their first call, should their first call be right to their family physician? Is that, is that really a good starting point? I, I think it is. You definitely can self-refer to therapy. You don't need um, you don't need a referral to do so. You probably can to psychiatry as well. But it, this it's very hard to get into psychiatry at least uh, initially. I think it's a much uh, just because there's not enough psychiatrists in the world. But definitely, family practice or your primary care provider are trained in in uh, taking care of you and referring you to that higher level if they feel that you would need it. Do you think that the, the and obviously you haven't been a physician's assistant for a hundred years, but mm -hmm. do you think that we're seeing a, a different view towards mental health now than maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, or 20 years ago? I think people are a little bit more, I guess, aware of mental health. I was going to say open. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that I think I have noticed, whereas people maybe, my generation especially, you didn't talk about it. Right. You were just supposed to rub some dirt off, dirt on it, and just yeah. get over it. Right. I mean, that's what we were told growing mm -hmm. up. And now it seems like people, especially the younger people, are more open about not being afraid to bring up the fact that, hey, you know what? I have really bad anxiety. Right. And I think even for um, the older generation, we definitely see them coming in now and, and saying, you know, I have had anxiety or depression for, for this long, but it's, you know, this is the first time I feel like I want to get help for it. And I think just, you know, society in general is more, I guess, open and uh, we talk about it more, like you said, and um, definitely. So do we, do we need to put a label on what Different the differences between depression and anxiety, or I mean, is that something that is that a, a medical professional will look at and after talking to somebody and kind of knows which direction to go? Because are are there different treatments? I guess. Yeah. Well, there's definitely uh, they call them the DSM five criteria to make an official diagnosis, and the psychiatrist would want you to do that. Um, but some of the medications are. Um, can treat both anxiety and depression, and some are more geared one way or the other. There's a lot of different options. They all have, um, you know, slightly different uses, potentially different um, side effects that might fit one person better um, than another. So definitely have to have that conversation. And how has the last two and a half years affected people? So I think that has increased everybody's anxiety to. Um, also brought out depression um, from you know not being able to see your family, your friends, being disconnected um, from kids at school. Um, you know, there's definitely increased anxiety and depression. We saw a huge increase, and then of course lack of access because 
we weren't open to help, you know, initially. And then we right. opened at least uh, by televisits, which we can still do. That was probably one of the best things to come out of right. it was was realizing, hey, we can have this video chat with a patient about this and not bring them into the clinic. And I think it can be, you know, just as effective to do so when we discuss mental health. Right. I mean, it, you know, obviously COVID has been bad in so many. I don't want to make it out like it was a good thing. Yeah. But the two things that have come out of it that have been some pretty good things, telehealth for one, and from the private sector, a lot of people have the ability to work from home. Exactly. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And all of a sudden they're looking at their productivity and they're going, uh, yeah, they're actually more productive. They're more productive right now than they were when they were here. Right. You know, so we have learned a lot about it. But that isolation factor, that fact of still wow. not maybe 100% being feeling like you're safe enough to be able to do the things right. that you used to do. Yeah. I, I don't know how I don't know how other people feel about it, but I don't feel as um, as safe anymore in a big crowd. Right. You know, I might feel okay now walking into a restaurant where there's not a lot of people. Um, being vaccinated and boosted and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how I feel about being in a big crowd of people. Right. I agree. It definitely, definitely feels different than it used to. Right. And, you know, and, def- and COVID definitely is still going around. <laughs> right. And like I say, we, we know the toll that it takes when you look at numbers of people that have been in the hospital and died, but the mental health numbers are still yeah, out there. Yes. And, and, prob- there's, and there's never enough, you know, therapists there's never enough psychiatrists um but you know definitely starting with primary care first um is a good idea right and it's not it's not something that just put on the back burner no if you're feeling different if you're feeling something that you haven't felt before inside don't hide it well and a lot of times anxiety comes out in physical ways um people come in they don't come in saying i'm anxious they come in saying I have chest pain, my stomach hurts, I have, I'm vomiting, I have nausea, I, you know, my heart's racing. Um, they don't, they don't, you know, then you put together, I can't sleep. Then you put together those symptoms and, you know, and sometimes it's anxiety and then they're like, oh, you know, I guess I, you know, I don't, you know, it, some people aren't as self-aware as others, but right. the symptoms will come out in a physical way. I cannot believe how many people I have talked to that have gone through everything you talked about and they got on the right medication and they said it was a life changer for them right life changer it can be a that that's a very very important thing again uh to contact dr zang or i should say physician's assistant uh amy zangle you can get uh, this number 920-345-1306 that's 920-345-1306 the wapan clinic is easy to get to Gateway Drive, right by the eye clinic. Right. Um, and you do have openings. Very. Yep, we we do have openings. Definitely have a lot of... Uh, we've only been uh, practicing open for about three months, so we're getting busy, but definitely have a lot of openings. All right, excellent. We're going to come back with today's, uh, this hour's Kickin' It Classic in just a moment here on 95X. What's on your mind? I have some news I want to share. Want to hear it? Yeah, it kind of depends what the news is. Is it good news? Good news. Great, good news. (laughs) That's good news. Great. That is good news. Good news. Let's hear it. Hi, right, we're we're gonna get into good news. We're just uh, sitting around the old coffee table here mm-hmm. at Marshfield Medical Center talking about. It. I I mentioned the fact that you know back in the late '80s, I completely missed out of the whole Bon Jovi era, missed out of all the hair bands. Then I missed out on grunge. 
and I, I got a little of the boy band stuff because the station I was at, we were playing some of the stuff by like Backstreet Boys and All for One, some of the mellower stuff. Like In Sync, I didn't know it. I, I thought 98 Degrees was more popular than In Sync. Hmm. You remember remember 98 Degrees? No. That was you the other that was them. the that was mm-hmm. the other Lachey. Yes. Right? Cuz there two was, of them. Yeah, there was well wasn't it there was two. There was there two of them in that the group. The brothers. Oh, I didn't know they were both in the same band. Drew and Nick, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to a little good news. This is a great story. Um, a pioneering drone lifeguard. I want you to think about this. It's a drone that flies over the ocean carrying a ring has just saved a 14-year-old boy from drowning in the sea in Spain. The Drone Lifeguard Service, which is rolled out across Spanish beaches, dropped a life vest into the sea this month, and that life vest was just enough to keep the teenager afloat as he was running out of energy and was starting to drown. The vest kept the boy afloat until a physical lifeguard team was able to get to his locations on jet skis. Footage captured by the drone shows the boy struggling in the high waves before he grabs onto the vest. I'll tell you what, we've started to see where I think it's in Scotland that there is a paramedic unit that is starting to use a jet pack to get a paramedic from one point to another because of the hilly oh terrain. Gosh. Wow. It would take them it would take them upwards of forty minutes to get there. Now they can get there in ten or less. Holy cow. Because of the jetpack. So that's cool. We're seeing more and more how some of these things that people think of as toys, yeah. like a drone, as being something that can be real lifesavers. Mm-hmm. The dementia disorder Alzheimer's disease has a symptom-free course of 15 to 20 years before the first clinical symptoms emerge. Using an immuno-infrared sensor, a research team is able to identify signs of Alzheimer's disease in the blood up to 17 years before the first clinical symptoms appear. The sensor detects the misfolding of the protein biomarker amyloid beta. As the disease progresses, this misfolding causes characteristic deposits in the brain, so-called plaques, that disrupt memory processing. Researchers hope that the simple blood test will give doctors and patients time to implement therapy before symptoms begin. Wow. That's a wow. big that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. You know, Amy is Amy is joining us here. Amy's Angle is a physician's assistant, uh, works out of the Wapan Clinic uh, on Gateway Drive. You know, things like simple blood tests, simple screenings, things that people should be doing but are not doing are really life-saving, aren't they? Right, yeah. Talk a little bit about what what somebody sh- what are some of the things that people should be doing to stay on top. Now, okay, we just brought up blood tests. Right. All right, <laughs> let's say you're 40 years old. Um, what kind of blood test should you have? Well, we usually screen for diabetes we check cholesterol levels um you know depending if they're on medication sometimes check other things like their electrolytes kidney liver Um, at 40 women um, should start having mammograms Uh, should still do paps every three to five years depending if you do the hpv testing with it colonoscopy age was decreased from 50 to 45. oh um, but there is also newer technology like the Colaguard um, test, which is the stool test. The company mails you the kit and you submit back to them. So that's a great option for people as well. 
Um, there's definitely, you know, sometimes we'll do pneumonia vaccines at, at age 40, depending on what health conditions you have. Tetanus vaccines every 10 years. Uh, influenza vaccines annually are recommended. Um, but I do recommend coming, you know, coming in once a year and getting a physical done with your primary care provider because uh, we stay up to date on on all the screening tests that you um, should get and are eligible for. You know, kind of like the Alzheimer's thing um, for prostate cancer, there is a simple blood test that is uh, pretty sensitive, very specific for prostate cancer, or, or pretty, I should say pretty specific, very sensitive. Um, and that's, uh, you know, a simple blood test to detect prostate cancer. It's very easy. Do you, do you have to ask for that, though? Like for me, like I, I'm going in for a physical coming up right. in another month, um, and I don't know for sure. I mean, you obviously people should be their own advocates, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you sh people definitely should be aware of of what they should be getting done. But you know, I I can't say all patients really know. We we would know more like what age you should right. start doing that testing at. But if, definitely, if you have a family history. Of things like that, you should definitely tell your your primary care provider because we might start screening you earlier then, based on your fam your um, you know your health history. Right, exactly. Because the the whole colonoscopy thing, when I had my first colonoscopy done ten years ago, um, at fifty, you know that was the baseline, and now right. you're just telling me now they've lowered it. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that if somebody's got a family history of uh, parents or whatever getting polyps or having uh, colon cancer, I'm guessing that that age is going to start significantly even younger than 45. Right, yes. If, if you have a family history, first-degree relative with colon cancer, we might want to start screening you five years before their sure. disease was detected. Right, And exactly. definitely if you have any symptoms, changes in bowel habits, blood in the stool, those would be potentially... Um, colon cancer, although more commonly other things. Same thing, though, for somebody that has uh, breast cancer in their family? Correct. Yep. Yep. So 40 for mammograms, but if you have a family history of breast cancer five years before that, before their diagnosis, you should um, start getting mammograms. We always hear the statistic that men don't live as long as women. <laughs> and that it's a statistic that we've kind of, I've always joked around, or like, you know, women get put, have to put up with so much during their lives with, you know, um, the reproductive things that they got to go through and then the menopause and all this other stuff that, you know, we, the women have to go through, but at least they outlive men, right? <laughs> Do you think that one of the reasons that we are continuing to see that trend where women live longer than men is men still are not like going to the doctor as often as they should? I think that might be part of it. I think we definitely see um, people come in, oftentimes men who haven't been into the doctor in 5, 10, 20 years. Right. And, you know, we check them over, find out, oh, they've, they've had diabetes. They, you know, they have hypertension. These chronic diseases that if they had been treated earlier, you know, they have less long-term effects on their kidneys and blood vessels and eyes and everything. Um, so definitely, definitely do see that. When you, when you make an appointment for like someone like you, mm -hmm. to, I, I say, I'm coming to you to have my physical done. When I make that appointment, should I say something about, are you going to run blood tests or do you wait for them to suggest it? I mean, what's the, 
best way of going about this? Uh, either way, you know, people can come in and if they have a concern about a specific thing, let's say, you know, they have a family history of um, thyroid disease and they may be having some symptoms of that and they bring that in, you know, bring that up to me, definitely can do the testing. Otherwise, um, I usually, you know, make sure that they get testing done every at least every three to five years, depending on their age and other health issues, sometimes annually then, if, if we, you know, if they do have a little bit of, you know, high cholesterol or blood sugar or, or whatnot. Well, Amy's family practice business up in Wapan is looking for patients. And if you are in the area and you're looking for uh, somebody to take care of your health, call 920-345-1306. Amy, as always, thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to hear from Wade one more time with a look at sports. In sports, Beaver Dam Post 146 White Construction saw their season come to an end in the AA Regional Final, falling 6-5 to Baraboo last night. Post 146 season ends at 15-7. Uh, and seven. The Watertown 16U American Legion Baseball team won their state tournament on Monday, defeating Lacrosse 7-4 over in Lomira. The Brewers mustered just five hits last night in a 2-0 loss to the Colorado Rockies. They open up a quick two-game set with the Twins tonight at American Family Field. Coverage begins at 635 on 1430 WBEV. It's football time in Green Bay as veterans are at training camp. The first full squad workout is set for tomorrow. ESPN's Rob Domoski reports that GM Brian Gutekunst, head coach Matt LaFleur, and money man Russ Ball have all received contract extensions. The Bucks have another Adentacumpo. Giannis's younger brother Alex, now a member of the G League's Wisconsin Herd. That is your DailyDodge.com sports update. I'm Wade Bates. You're listening to the 95X Morning Show. Can't start my day without it. Best way to wake up. Gets me up, keeps me moving all day. It's where I go every morning for everything I need. We love it! Today's best music, 95X. I want to re I want to reintroduce you to everybody and, and tell everybody where you're from originally. So originally I am from India. Uh, I, I went to medical school in India and then I moved to the US and I was 23 years old. Um, I did my training, which is uh, residency training and then fellowship in pain management at the University of Rochester in New York. Uh, I have been uh, practicing pain management for the last 15 years. Wow. Uh, out of which uh, last five years I have been with the Marshfield Clinic system. Okay, so for a, a community of this size, to have somebody of your expertise in it is pretty cool. At least when I look at it, I'm like, I'm, I like what they're doing here with Marshfield Medical Center. They're, they're looking at Beaver Dam as not just, oh, just some small little community. We'll have a couple of doctors there. But we're, we're, we're looking at making kind of a Marshfield South. Absolutely. Right here, which is Absolutely. A, which is an important thing for our area. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Marshfield is looking at Beaver Dam as more of a regional center where they can provide most of the services, and of course, if patients still need expertise care, which can't be provided locally, they can be referred to main campus. However, to have pain management in a community of this size is not common. Uh, you, generally, you will see these kind of uh, services in, in bigger towns, you know, Madison, Milwaukee, La Crosse, Eau Claire, relatively bigger towns. To, to have this service here locally in, in a size of fifteen to 16,000 is, is pretty amazing. It is, it is pretty amazing. And if you could kind of take us through a little bit of when we hear the words pain management, 
The first thing I think about, obviously, is nerves and, and helping to manage that kind of a situation. What do you all encompass when, you, when we're talking about pain management? Sure. So uh, pain can be from different sources, and as you mentioned, nerve-related pain is, is um, mostly from spine-related pain. Sure. From the spinal cord, we have all these nerves that are coming out, uh, disc-related pain, uh, nerve-related pain. Most of the time, you know, you'll see back pain, neck pain, thoracic pain, and of course, musculoskeletal pain like limb pain, joint pain, arthritis. So these are the more common types of pain. Um, then there can also be pain related to, let's say, uh, abdominal pain from previous surgery, uh, gynecologic pain. Uh, there can be some prior surgery where the nerves get fired up and patient can have a rare syndrome called complex regional pain syndrome. So pain can come from a number of sources, but to answer your question, it's mostly spine-related. Um, and when we treat pain, we, we take care of pain in a multi-modality approach. Uh, it's, it's not just the, the pain medicine medications that we use. We also use uh, physical therapy, massage therapy, ultrasound, um, spinal injections, which we do under fluoroscopy. Um, and that is the mainstay of our treatment as a combination of all these modalities and uh, to treat uh, whatever type of pain we are dealing with. There's no, there's no one-size-fits-all kind of mentality when it comes to pain management, correct? No, no. You, you have to talk to the patient to find out what is the cause of their pain. So you have to go through a number of tests and uh, scans, whether it be CT scan or MRI scan, try to pinpoint what is the reason for pain. And then depending on the uh, reason for pain, you will treat the pain according to that. Some patients may get uh, better with just physical therapy alone. Other may need, uh, in addition, some ultrasound therapy or some massage therapy. Uh, some others may need all those plus spinal injections and they may need two to three injections to get pain under control. So it, it, it just depends uh, what is the reason for pain and you have to figure out first. So you brought up physical therapy and you brought up massage therapy. I'm, I'm guessing that chiropractic probably is part of that or dry needling or whatever. Do you see that we're, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift? Um, I know that it's been a, a long time. You know, If I go back 20 years ago, there was kind of a split between a lot of those things that we were just talking about and then you know, medicine involving um, uh, medications and that type of thing. Do, are we starting to see more and more emphasis put on kind of that more holistic approach? Correct. I mean, it's a, it's a combined modality now. It's not just one or the other. Uh, we have Dr. Shire, who's one of our chiropractors, and we often refer patients back and forth because there are some patients, let's say, with sacroiliac joint dysfunction who would really benefit from his treatments. And there are patients that sometimes he sends to us because he feels, you know, he has done what he could. Sure. And now it's time for you to, to either try some injections or try some other therapies. So, yeah, it's, we, we work together as a team, and it's an overlap. It's not uh, one or the other. I, I love the fact that it seems to me that everything we're talking about here 
is more centered around let's get relief to the patient versus oh I don't want to go down this road because I don't I don't manage that that's not something that I'm an expert at it's more of let's do whatever we can to help this person correct and the good thing is that we have all these modalities under one roof so we we have chiropractic just two doors from where I practice we have OR where we do our spinal injections um, we even have if needed a spine surgeon Dr. Fairchild so we we work together we work uh, collaboratively and uh, there are certain patients who don't get better with injections and they need surgery so then we send patients to him and vice versa he would see patients uh, who don't need surgery so right. he would send patients our way uh, the idea is again to to give best relief to the patient in a best possible manner it was interesting because i was just talking to somebody in the last couple of days um that had some real shoulder issues and this was uh, when he was a lot younger he had all kinds of shoulder issues and they wanted to go in there and and do surgery on him too because of what they thought was going on and he was like well you know i don't know if i want to do that right now is there something else i could try and somebody and one of the doctors or one of the people uh, suggested acupuncture mm-hmm. and he was like eh, you know but i'll give it a shot after a month of doing it his shoulder pain was completely gone and he's never gone back to it uh-huh. so there are things that we just don't a hundred percent understand but i'll tell you what somebody understands is somebody understands when you did something for them and it worked correct correct yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't uh, pass out any modality which i i feel is is useless i i think uh, all the modalities that are available including acupuncture we have patients uh, who have benefited from acupuncture so it just depends on on the condition the chronicity of the condition the type of the pain and it could be one or combination modality that would help the patient. That's what it's all about. Let me give you a telephone number, everybody, if you want to make an appointment, 920-887-5981. You can also find them on the website, which is uh, bdch.com slash pain-management, and that's where you can find out more about Dr. Singh's practice and about everything related to pain management. We're going to check in with Jennifer, get a complete look at the South Central Wisconsin weather forecast, plus your five random facts coming up next on 95X. We are back, and uh, Jennifer is going to join us right now to talk South Central Wisconsin weather. We'll get all the information that we can uh, glean off of her as far as what to expect the rest of the week. And then we've got your five random facts coming up in just moments as well. So let's get Jennifer in here to give us the update. Uh, Yesterday, an absolutely gorgeous day around the area. Uh, Today, kind of hoping for the same kind of situation and the rest of the week. What do you got for us, Jennifer, for a forecast? Yeah, well, today it looks like we can expect to see some sunshine here for the day with a high getting up right around about 80 degrees. We should be in the low 80s, so pretty average today. And then for tonight, a slight chance for showers and storms coming in here late. Partly or Mostly cloudy skies develop overnight lows right around about 65. For your Wednesday, just a slight chance for showers and storms to the early morning hours, and skies will become mostly sunny, high around about 80 degrees. 76 here for your Thursday, a little bit cooler for the second half of the work week with mostly sunny skies. Friday, similar day, sunshine high of 76. Then on Saturday, sunny high around about 80 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. This is five random facts. Let's spin the random wheel of topics. Now he's just saying random words. On the 95X Morning Show. 
Let's get to it. Let's check out your five, and count them, five random facts. Random fact number one, I don't think this is any real surprise. 17 of our state capitals also happen to be the largest uh, populated city in that particular state. Now, I don't know if that's a surprise or not. Madison is not the largest populated city in Wisconsin. It's Mm -hmm. Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Springfield, obviously, is not the largest populated city in Illinois. But Jennifer, where... Do they still... I mean, St. Paul is the state capital of Minnesota. Uh But Minneapolis, from a population standpoint, is is more people than St. Paul, correct? I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of a what state cap. Uh, what state capital would Albuquerque? Okay, that one would make sense. So Albuquerque, New Mexico, probably the biggest city. Um, Raleigh, North Carolina, maybe Phoenix. I would think Charlotte might be. Phoenix is yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix is the capital, right? Yeah, Phoenix is. Um, boy, Columbus, Ohio, no. Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana. I got another one. Thomas, can you think of any? I, I'm totally out. Yeah, me too. I'm just, I'm, I've kind of blanked it right now. Oh, Salt Lake City. Denver, Colorado, right? You're just going to go through every state? I'm going to go through every state, yeah. Okay. No, we're done. <laughs> uh, random fact number two. People who live in Monaco are banned from entering the famous casino there in Monte Carlo. Guards actually check IDs at the doors to make sure that only tourists gamble. Do you hear that, folks? Really? In Monte Carlo, they do not allow their own local people to gamble. Hmm. Probably because they know that the house is going to win. And they don't want to take money away from everybody. That's probably struggling to feed their families. Random yeah, I'm sure that's three. the reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why else would they, keep, oh, would they keep them up? Because they're riffraff. Yeah, probably riffraff. Uh, random fact number three. The version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game we sing is really just the chorus. The actual song has two verses about a woman who loves baseball and demands her boyfriend take her to a game instead of a movie. Oh, learn something new. I still don't know the whole song. Do you know the whole song? Mm-mm. Just what's yeah, done well, we at the ball game. It. This is it. All right. Take me out to the ball game. Take, Take me, me out to the me. show. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if they ever come back because it's root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame because it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Okay, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. All right, it does make sense that that's just a chorus. Random fact number four, guys. Do you know who who the Wayne Gretzky is? No. No. The greatest hockey player ever. A lot of people would say. Some people would argue with that. Get this one. He used to babysit his best one of his best friend's kids. His oh. best friend was Alan Thick. Oh, really? And Wayne Gretzky uh. used to babysit Robin Thick when he was a little kid. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. Uh, and random fact number five: Ben of of uh, I should, excuse me, Jerry 
of Ben and Jerry's has never come up with a single ice cream flavor. They've all been created by Ben or someone else on their team. So Jerry, what are you good for? I gotta believe money. He's probably the money guy. Yeah, you know, his name came second. Every great. Yeah, there you go. Well, I learned something new today. Anyways, on that note, Jennifer, you behave the rest of the day, and we'll catch you up in studio tomorrow. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy, guys. All right. Do you ever uh, struggle to open up a pickle jar? Sometimes. Depends on the size of the, the lid. Well, according to a new study, that could be a sign that you're dying. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. New research out of Austria has found that weak hand grip strength may signal more serious health issues like heart problems, lung issues, and even a lower life expectation. It's complicated, but basically hand grip strength can be a quick and inexpensive way to assess overall muscle strength. And muscle strength has proven to be a fairly accurate indicator of mortality. The study basically created different ranges of strength that can be measured and then compared it to others of the same age, sex, and body height. Interestingly enough, though, it doesn't work both ways. The concern is having weaker than average strength, well, a stronger than average hand grip, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have an extra long life. It just means that you're maybe more normal. Okay. I'm not sure how much I buy into that. Yeah. All right. I got to ask you now, you, uh, you got married a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, things were different back then than what they are now. BuzzFeed did a poll of bridal party trends and asked people if something is tacky, tasteful, or totally fine. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. The results are in. Hiring a stripper. Tacky. 70, 77% of people agree with you. Um, doing memorabilia and decor that is genitalia related. What? Tacky. Uh, yep. Tacky. Yep. Yeah, yep. 69%. Uh, saying... Saying things like the bride squad on clothes. I'm annoying. (laughs) (laughs) What are my choices again? You got uh, tacky, tasteful, or totally fine. I don't know, whatever. I guess that doesn't bother me so much. But you're talking about not not at the wedding, right? Right, right. Yeah. This is for bridal parties. That's fine. Uh, 66% of people still say it's tacky. I don't know if I believe in that. Um, giving the bride lingerie and toys. Yeah. That's, it's split, 54%. Yeah, go either way on that. The bridal party. I think it depends on the bride. Right. The bridal party wearing matching outfits. Oh, that can be fun. You say totally fine. Sure. Yeah, only 33% said that that was tacky. Um, how about, um, a combo bachelorette bachelor party? Interesting. I could go either way on that. Yeah, 27% said tacky, so that means the vast majority think it's totally fine to do. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that that's going to be something that's going to be, we're going to see more and more of. I mean, even bridal showers, I've been to many that were couple showers. Right. You know, and it's just, 
everyone's involved and it's not just the the women um how about glamping do you know what that is i do i think that's fun yep only 16 percent said it's tacky for those of you that don't know glamping is is basically luxury camping yeah i don't know why that would be considered tacky like, I don't understand why that would be tacky. No, I don't think there's anything tacky about this. Some people might say it's rednecky. Huh. I don't think so. Not if you're glamping, it's no, not. No, if you're glamping, it's it's not. It's it's the opposite of that. So, uh, you know, my daughter just got married this past weekend, and their bridal party. They went to an escape room for her bachelorette party. What fun! And then they watched movies and played games. Nice. My son-in-law's, my new son-in-law's uh, bachelor party, we went uh, disc golfing in the rain <laughs> and then ate pizza in my garage. That was... <laughs> that works. Yeah. I think that's exactly what he wanted, too. I can see that. Originally, yeah. we were going to go to a Brewers game, but then with everything, how COVID has blown yeah. up again, it was like yeah. nobody wanted to take the chance. So, well, Not we're, right before the wedding. No, no. exactly. 8.31, we're uh, live at Marshfield Medical Center, we're going to talk to Dr. Singh again here coming up in just a moment. But first, we're going to head back to the Daily Dodge News Center and get an update on news. News time just after 8.33 as we head back to the Daily Dodge News Studio. News this hour brought to us by Hometown Glass and Improvement. Find them on Highway 33 just east of Beaver Dam. Online, Hometown Glass. Now for a check of news, here's the News Ninja. State Senate Minority Leader Janet Bruley of Ashland was involved in a three-vehicle crash Friday that killed a woman and her daughter. Health officials say they found two cases of monkeypox in the Fox Valley. Both are Appleton residents and were detected last week. Neither is believed to be related to one another. Public health officials in the Madison area are once again recommending people wear masks because of high levels of coronavirus activity. The agency's Janelle Heinrich says the Madison area advisory is a recommendation and not a mandate. Tomorrow is the deadline for area youth to register for an upcoming camp. UW Extension Dodge County is hosting its first Sparks Camp at Disher Park in Horicon, open to all kids between 5K and 3rd grade. The camp will feature a range of activities around multiple interests, such as cooking, art, gross motor, and self-defense. The camp will be held on August 2nd from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. More information is available at dailydodge.com. And the governor has ordered flags at half-staff today in honor of former Wisconsin State Senator Jeff Playley. Services are being held in Milwaukee for Playley, who passed away on July 3rd at the age of 54. Governor Tony Evers says Playley was a dedicated servant who cared deeply about his community and was often regarded for his effective bipartisanship. He was elected to the State Assembly in 1996 and served in the Senate from 2003 until 2011. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Right now it is 8.35. We are live at Marshfield Medical Center. Dr. Singh is joining us today. We are talking about pain management. I didn't even have a chance to ask you this question. Why, why did you decide to go into pain management? Well, if you uh, look around, chronic pain is so common. I mean, there are like 75 to 100 million people that are suffering from chronic pain and there are so many modalities available to treat pain so 
suffering is uh, is not necessary i mean there are so many new modalities so many treatments available that pain can be effectively managed so this is a great field and we have newer and newer modalities coming up uh, every few months i i remember working with somebody many years ago that um, had a situation with i think i believe with his bladder and it was a real painful thing that he just had to live with because there was no nothing really to do to treat it um, and so he was going to see a pain management person uh, constantly to come up with different treatments and stuff. And I don't know how, well, how it ever ended up, but I just remembered him talking about what a huge difference it made in his life. Absolutely. From going from something that was like ridiculously painful all the time to something that at least seemed like it was under control now. Right, right. So besides pain medications, you know, which which we which we use if needed, but uh, we try to avoid the narcotics and all the side effects that are associated with those. But there are other non-narcotic medications which can be used. And for like you mentioned with bladder pain, we have some injections which we can do under x-ray guidance under fluoroscopy. Um, and if those don't work, uh, then we do have some uh, stimulators, nerve stimulators, and those also help to control pain. You know, I had a, um, I have a shoulder that gave me problems years ago. I had, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, impingement syndrome, mm-hmm. and I did um, some rehab on it and was able to get rid of it. Yes. You know, bottom line, I was able to work through it basically, uh-huh. so I got that range of motion back. But about a year or so ago. I started having problems again, uh-huh. and um, I got an injection mm-hmm. because the the doctor said you've got frozen shoulder, right. which is a little different than impingement, and that and that helped to kind of take care of it again. And eventually, it got to the point now where it feels normal once again. I think a lot of times people, in their mind, can think of in an, an injection being something that's only going to last for a short amount of time. And then it's going to go right back to hurting again. But in my case, it was something that was able to get me through that until everything went back to normal again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, one shouldn't feel like injection is only going to last a few weeks or so. Like you said, once you get over that acute hump, then your body can sort of try to manage itself. Uh, and, And the idea of injection is to get through that hump especially in in case of shoulder. And then if somebody has an acute disc herniation in the back. So we do a series of one or two injections, and sometimes those things resolve and and they may never come back, depending again on the the severity of the disease. And uh, sometimes they do come back and we have to repeat the injections. But it's, it's, as you said, it's not with every case. It just varies from person to person, from the kind of disease they have. So it really varies uh, according to the presentation. So Dr. Singh, are you in the pain management business here alone or do you have help? So I I do have uh, a mid-level provider, uh, Amy Steger. Uh, She's a nurse practitioner who helps me manage manage our practice. Uh, She's wonderful to work with, patients love her. Um, She is mostly available in the clinic. So when patients need to see someone for acute pain, she's available. They see her. Um, she does do the formulate diagnosis. And then if somebody needs injections, then those are referred to me. 
which I do in the in the OR here in Beaver Dam. Um, but she's available Monday through Friday. I love the fact, the approach that you have taken with pain management, where it's not like everything falls on your shoulders. You've got the help of all these other resources now within the hospital, whether it's a spinal specialist or it's a person that is in chiropractic or a massage therapist or the, the, the therapist. You've got all these other people that are involved that are constantly in on the same conversation. That's just great medicine, for the, again, for the patient. Absolutely, yeah, because you have everything under one roof, so patient doesn't have to go out of the building. So if they need physical therapy, chiropractic care, um, medical management or injections, everything can be done within the hospital itself. And, and patients uh, really like that. Yeah, I would think so. Remember, let me give you the phone number again uh, for those of you that are just tuning in. Uh, the telephone number is 920-887-5981. Or you can visit bdch.com slash pain dash management to find out more. We're going to take care of today's day in history up next and then we'll be wrapping things up here from marshfield medical center straight ahead on 95x time for today's day in history we are making history here people we're making history you are on the wrong side of history my friend you guys ready to make history on the 95x morning show all right oh, yes. let's get to today's day in history the dancing machine himself oh thank you sir you're Thomas, far too kind are you 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 got you uh, cut a rug like nobody I've ever seen before in my entire I've, life. Uh, I've got the moves that make Jagger a little jealous, Rick. I I would say so. Did you have fun dancing on Saturday night? I had a blast uh, dancing by myself, dancing with your mother. It was just a great time. Yeah, my mom had to email me to say to to remind me to to thank you for the dance. She said that was so nice of you to just dance with this old woman and i'm like but that's thomas right i mean you see somebody that looks like they need that needs to get off their feet and dance and you're going to make sure it happens everybody's got to shake a little bit so more of a willing to help out in a while well okay so there are a lot of different uh stories we can tackle for july 26 of this time period uh 1745 the greatest cricket match that was played uh, and this part of England occurred on Friday, the last Friday of the month. We're not going to go into detail, but it was a super exciting game, apparently. 1788, mm. New York joined the United States. In ah. 1941, this is, uh, this is pretty awful. U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the seizure of all Japanese assets in the United States. Yeah, I mean, we um, at in those days there was a lot of fear, and unfortunately, that fear um, ended up having internment camps centered around it, which yeah, kind of a black eye in U.S. history. Not uh, not a liberal president at all. Nineteen ninety, no. the Americans with Disabilities Act of uh, that year was signed into law by President George Bush. And uh, 2016, Hillary Clinton became the first female nominee for president of the United States by a major political party at the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. Uh, let's see if there's anything else I'm missing here. In Oh, 1996, Kingpin, starring a, uh, a one-handed Woody Harrelson in 
Bill Murray was released. And Randy Quaid. That's right. Um, I've never seen that movie. It's, it's okay. It's kind of like Dumb and Dumber. It's on the same vein. Gotcha. That's all right. 16 years ago, 2006, Lance Bass came out in People magazine telling the world that he was a proud gay man. That right. was a big moment. Yep. Um, celebrity birthdays, I suppose, for July 26th. Starting off with Taylor Momsen, 29, Jenny Humphrey on Gossip Girl. And she also has a band called The Pretty Reckless. Grace Byers is 38. She is on Empire. Kate Beckinsale, Beckinsale, I'm sorry, oh. no D, is 49. Mm. Mm. Celine the Vampire in Underworld. That's right. Uh, it is a, just a crazy birthday list. Chris Harrison, former Bachelor host, is 51. Cress Williams, he is Black Lightning, 52. Jason Statham, he's Frank Martin in the Transporter series, and Lee Christmas in the Expendables, Derek Shaw, or Deckard Shaw in Fast and the Furious, he is 55. Jeremy Piven is 57. Sandra Bullock, what's your what, 58. What's, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite role of Jason Statham? Uh, favorite role? <laughs> it's probably uh, back in 2003 for the movie Italian Job with uh, young Mark Wahlberg, Seth Green, and Charlize Theron. Okay. All right. I like, um, I have to say that I like uh, Frank from The Transporter. That's a great poll, too. Yeah. Um, Along with his, uh, fr- his friend that's the, the French guy, the, f- the, the French, French inspector. Oh, yes, that yeah. dude. Yeah, I like him. I yeah. do like him. Uh, Danny Woodburn's 58. Mickey Abbott on Seinfeld. Kevin Spacey is 63. Nana Visitor is 65. Helen Mirren is 77. Deckard Shaw's mom wow. in The Fate of the Furious. Go figure. Mick Jagger, speak of the devil, is 79. Joe Jackson, born today, 1928. James Best, 1926. Vivian Vance, 1909. Adolphus oh. Huxley, 1894. And Stanley Kubrick, 1928. What a powerhouse birthday day it is today. Yeah, that's a day. lot of famous folks celebrating birthdays. Today, day. Day, day. Day. All right, we're going to get Dr. Singh in here one last time, Thomas. Uh, talk a little pain management, because one of the things that we had mentioned, we just touched on, was uh, musculoskeletal pain. Um, I wanted to ask you in specifics about... Um, you know, some of the things that people are coming to the office for when it comes to that, I I spend a lot of time, you know, uh, working with people from a workout standpoint mm-hmm. and uh, deal with a lot of people that end up having uh, musculoskeletal pain, whether it be bad hips or, or what other. Arthritis is something that seems like it can be really... Uh, can knock somebody off their socks and like really, really put somebody down for a long time. Are there different treatments for arthritis? Um, absolutely, depending on where the arthritis is. You know, if if uh, arthritis is in in big joints, uh, especially you know after the age of let's say sixty, you know, if you have hip pain, knee pain, um, and you're at a point where you have to decide, you know. Should I go for knee replacement surgery or should I go for hip replacement surgery? Um, We have options now. Uh, We can certainly try and delay surgery by doing some nerve blocks. So we have patients who, for some reason, let's say, 
are not fit for surgery. Either they have a weak heart or, or their disease is too advanced. Um, they are unable to undergo surgery, especially for knees. So we have what we call genicular nerve blocks. So we block the nerves around the knees. Um, and then we can also do what we call radio frequency ablation of the nerves, which is burning of the nerves. Oh. And uh, that gives great relief, um, and it may last for a year or so. Um, and if you need it once a year, you know, we can give you four or five years, you can delay that surgery. Uh, similarly, for back pain, there are very small joints in the back called facet joints, and they're a very common reason for pain, uh, also in the neck area. So when you have those small joints that are acting up, Again, we can do nerve blocks followed by radiofrequency ablations or burning of the nerves, which are supplying those joints. And those, again, uh, generally last for a year or so. Wow. Um, I know that uh, when, when I think about something like uh, uh, inflammation, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that's, a, that's a, a, a big word that people are using these days. The question I wanted to ask you, you know, with, with different pains and stuff like that, I'm, I'm, I got to believe that inflammation plays a part in this. Mm -hmm. Is, would you say that some of this could be diet related? Um, it's hard to say. I, I think there are still ongoing studies, um, whether some sort of diets do play a role. Uh, it's not conclusive as far as I know. Uh, but it is quite possible, but we just don't have 100% evidence yet. Because I know that um, you once in a while will hear or read articles about different spices and that type of thing that supposedly mm -hmm. are supposed to help with, uh, with inflammation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of that is uh, a spice company trying to sell product or if there's any truth to it. There's probably some truth because if you look at uh, these spices, these are like natural products. And when we make these medications, you know, even medications are made from natural products. So I'm sure some of these spices do have anti-inflammatory properties. But how much do they have, whether they are effective enough to be at the same level as medication, right. I think we just need more studies. I, before I let you go, you brought up uh, Dr. Fairchild's name before. Uh -huh. um, and I know that the collaboration that you do anything related to something serious with the spine is going to go right to him. And again, it's another example of Marshfield Medical Center going out and above and beyond for a hospital this size to bring in somebody of that caliber that is an expert in the world of spines. Absolutely, yeah. So Dr. Fairchild is a, is a great surgeon. People love him. He, he's very easily approachable and we work together. We, we send patients back and forth depending on what a patient needs. So to have that expertise here locally is, is wonderful. I'll tell you what, the collaboration that we're seeing right now when it comes to the world of pain management at Marshfield Medical Center in Beaver Dam is unbelievable. Where it was five years ago to where it is now is like a world of difference. Wonderful, wonderful. No, we look forward to it. We look forward to serving the community and the patients, and feel free to give us a call. All right, and that number is 920-887-5981. Dr. Singh, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks so much for stopping by today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. We appreciate it. We're going to come back and wrap things up with our final kick in the classic of the morning in just a moment. 
right, it is uh, 8.57, and we wrap up the morning show. I had to do one for Thomas today. Oh, Thomas sweetheart. is such a good dude. Asked my, asked my mom to dance at uh, the wedding on Saturday night, and I, and I saw that it was a birthday of a famous dude today and said, you know what, I'm going to send this one out to Thomas. Van Allen Clinton McCoy. On this day in 1975, had his only number one record to hit the United States singles charts. He uh, unfortunately died four years later. He was only 39 years old when he passed away of an unexpected heart attack. But I'll tell you what, Van McCoy made his presence known because back, boy, in 19, man, you talk about a song. Back in 1975, baby. At the very start of what we got to know as disco, Van McCoy gave us this. Yes, yes, yes. Kicking it classic. Have a good one.